The following message is from Temple Bible Church. For more information about the church and its ministries, visit www.templebiblechurch.org. Good morning. I'm Gary, one of the pastors here at TBC. Uh, we are delighted to have you with us. If you're new, we'd love to meet you. You just stop in the uh, visitor center in the four-year area following the service. Also, we usually have about 150 college kids, so you guys have a responsibility to fill that area up because they're gone for the summer. Many of them are. Some are with us, but many of them are gone, so it's a great time to invite some friends to join you. Uh, in worship through the summer months. We're going to be going through the book of Proverbs together uh, all the way up until through the second week in August. So through school starts, we're looking at uh, different characters from Proverbs. Uh, This week, we look at the fool. Next week, we look at the sluggard. So if you're a sluggard, uh, maybe you want to skip next week, actually. You'll probably be late anyway if you're a sluggard. So uh, just show up at some point in time. Uh, one of the things that happens during the uh, summer months is some of our regular teachers of our kiddos take the uh, summer off. And so we have needs. If you would be willing to step up and meet some of these needs, there are opportunities to teach, opportunities to serve, opportunities to rock babies, opportunities to do, lead in some craft stuff. And so it's a great opportunity. Maybe you receive throughout the year. This is a great time to give back for the next 10 weeks or so. So would you please prayerfully consider doing that? You can sign up at the hub, which is on our website, or in the hallway in the foyer area following. So Proverbs, the beginning of wisdom, is our entire series. This week we look at the fool. Father, as we open the word this morning, we pray that you would teach us, pray that you will guide us into all truth. Spirit of God, you tell us you'll do that. So we ask you to accomplish that in our lives. And as we go our way, we desire to be doers of the word and not merely hearers in Christ's name. Amen. Nobody wants to look like a fool and nobody wants to be called a fool, right? I mean, we don't want to look like a fool and we want to be called a fool. However, as the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, who wrote most of the book of Proverbs, it's written by a couple of other authors as well, and we'll see that as we go along, but Solomon's a primary author of uh, Proverbs. He looks around and he sees in his culture many fools. I would say if we dare say we look around our culture, we would probably see people we would also call fools. Now, we've all done foolish things. We've all made foolish mistakes. And uh, I ran across, you can Google up, uh, foolish actions by men or by women. So here are some foolish things that men have done. Take a look at that. Having lunch under, probably not a great idea right there. Here's another one. Uh, if you look at this, the ladder's not even on the ground. They're holding it up. He's bringing a refrigerator down. Not a very good move right there. Here's a guy fixing his truck. Uh, a foolish thing to do. Uh, you know, I don't call that foolish. I call that ingenuity. You type it in, it pops up. But but if you want to trim your hedges, that's another way to do it right there. And I think that's pretty ingenious, actually, as you look at that. Uh, I'm going to try that one day. Um, this is... N- that's called a trip to the ER or the cemetery, one or the other, right? And uh, this one's even worse. Look at this poor guy. Oh. So those were all men. Ladies, I, I don't want to leave you out. I don't want you feeling like Pastor Gary didn't uh, honor you as well. So uh, here you go. She will have a glass eye just like mine when that is over right there. I'm going to tell you that. And uh, here's another one. (laughs) 
she was a quart low, right? So she fixed it. Put a quarter engine, put a quarter ball in your engine. Well, she did it right there, right? So those are all foolish acts is what those are. And uh, I thought we could get a good laugh out of those. But that's not what Proverbs is talking about. Proverbs is not talking about acting foolishly. Proverbs is actually talking about a person who is a fool. In fact, when we look at Proverbs, it's quite interesting. There are three different Hebrew words for fool. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. One of those words is Nabal, N-A-B-A-L. If you're reading through the Bible and you're Bev and I are doing that, and I think it was last week we read the account where David is out and uh, his men have not attacked some shepherds. And so he goes to a guy named Nabal and he says, you need to take care of my men because we protected your shepherds. And uh, he says, who is David and who is the son of Jesse? I'm not going to do it. But he had a wise wife. Ladies, you remember who that wife was? Abigail, that's right. So Abigail protects her husband Nabal from David. And uh, actually Nabal dies a little later and it says Abigail's one of the most beautiful women around and she was intelligent. So David married the the widow um, uh, Abigail. Um, So when you look at that, think about it. His name was Nabal. His parents named him Fool. And he was one. He was one. But that's not the primary word used in Proverbs. The word fool is translated about 60, it's translated almost 70 times, actually translated 68 times in the Bible that I use, New American Standard. So there's 68 occurrences of the word fool. The word that's used most often is not Nabal, but it's a word that means to be stubborn or to be obstinate. To be stubborn or to be obstinate. Anybody married to a fool out there? Don't you dare raise your hands. I mean, that's what it's talking about. It's talking about a stubborn, obstinate person. And it says, this is the fool, the one who is stubborn, the one who's out, the one who never learns from his mistakes, the one who never learns from her sins. Spiritually, it actually is quite interesting that the word literally means to be thick, to be thick. And then we, we, we look at it in its context and that, that's where we get that it means to be stubborn, obstinate, to be thick. We get the word, we get the saying, the little phrase, thick-headed fool. That's where it comes from. A thick-headed fool doesn't mean that they're mentally slow or that they have a reduced IQ at all. What it means is they never learn from past mistakes. What it means is that they never learn from the folly of their ways. Spiritually, we can be thick-headed fools as well. Spiritually, we can stubbornly resist the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Spiritually, we can obstinately choose a sinful rather than a faithful lifestyle. Spiritually, we can opt for destructive behavior rather than faithful and loving obedience. These are choices we'll have to make. We're fools when we choose not to follow the ways of God. And so what Solomon does in his, this text, he's gonna talk about the character of the fool, then he's gonna talk about the consequences of being a fool. And then we're gonna look at the gospel proposition and recognize that at some point in time we were all fools, but through the gospel, we've been saved from being fools. And so that's where we're headed this morning. So the fool, what are the characteristics of a fool? First of all, a fool hates knowledge and despises wisdom. A fool hates knowledge and despises wisdom. When Proverbs chapter one, verse seven, this is our key verse for the entire study. If you write in your Bibles, you need to circle that verse and underline it. To me, it's the key verse in the entire book of Proverbs. We're gonna come back to it week after week after week. It's up on the screen. Would you read it aloud with me? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So if you look at these are couplets, right? So, so the Proverbs are a lot of poetry. And so you have phrases and you have couplets. And so in this particular couplet, it, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Or it, then it says fools despise wisdom and they despise instruction. 
Last week, we defined wisdom as the application of biblical knowledge to life situations. That comes from a guy named Bruce Walke, who was a professor at Dallas Seminary for many years and wrote a two-volume commentary on Proverbs. It's a great commentary. If you want a Proverbs commentary, that's the one I'd recommend to you. Bruce Walke, commentary on Proverbs, W-A-L-T-K-E. And what he says is that wisdom is the application of biblical knowledge to life situations. That's what wisdom is. It says fools despise wisdom. Fools don't want to know biblical. They, they don't want to respond with biblical knowledge. They don't even have biblical knowledge. In fact, they hate instruction. Instruction in Proverbs is instruction in the word of God. And so they don't even want to be instructed in the word of God. They don't want to apply biblical truth to their lives because they're not interested in what biblical truth even says. We all know people like that, right? In fact, in Proverbs one uh, we saw this last week. It says, how long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded and scoffers delight themselves in scoffing and fools hate what? What does it say there? They hate knowledge. Now, that's not general knowledge. We, we know a lot of people who are fools, but they love knowledge, right? And they, they, they're educated. They get PhDs. They do whatever else. In fact, who knows who this guy is right there? Anybody know who that guy is? A couple of you. Who knows who that guy is? Let me see your hands. Wow, not many. That guy is the most, he's actually right now the second most successful player in the history of the game show Jeopardy. When we were on vacation a couple of weeks ago, we, I'd read about him, but I hadn't seen him. So we're on vacation a couple of weeks ago and we took a couple of days to watch this. He is Google alive. He is Siri alive. He is the most unbelievable. He's got more knowledge than any person I've ever seen in my life. He has won, this is going to show 1.6. It's now $1.7 million playing Jeopardy. He's done that in winning 23 consecutive games. There's a guy that won more, but that guy won like 50 games in a row or something like that, 40-something. But this guy, James Holzhauser is his name. He, I mean, if you watch that, it is absolutely, the breadth of his knowledge in almost every category that pops up there is unbelievable. So when it says that fools despise knowledge, that's not general knowledge, but it, I don't know anything about a spiritual condition, but fools despise biblical knowledge. They despise biblical knowledge. They don't want anything to do with the knowledge of the word of God or how to apply it to their own lives. The, the fool is the one who doesn't want to hear these things. In fact, in Proverbs 23, 9, it says, do not speak in the hearing of a fool for he would despise the wisdom of your words. You speak, there we go, it went out. You speak truth to them, and they say, you're just judging me. Don't preach to me. Who gives you the right to say that? You don't really believe that, do you? And, and what it says is that the fool will despise the wisdom of words. The fool is the one who listens but never responds, who really doesn't want to know the truth of the word of God and how it applies to his or her life. That's the fool. The fool is the one who despises and hates knowledge and wisdom. The fool is a person who says, quit preaching to me. Don't talk to me like that. The fool is the one who does not seek to apply biblical truth to his life. And he's not concerned about getting it. The fool is the one who does not see God or need God. When you look at Proverbs, a fool is the one who does not see God or need God. When Yuri Grosovich, the first Russian who went into space, I think that's his last name, I'm not sure. Uh, when he, he came back, he was rather arrogant. He was an atheist. He came back and said, I quote, I went to the heavens and God was not there. 
The next week, uh, W.A. Criswell stood in the pulpit of First Baptist Dallas, and uh, he said, if uh, Yuri Gurevich had taken off his spacesuit and stepped out of that space capsule, I guarantee you, he would have met God. <laughs> a fool is a person who doesn't see God or need God. We all know people like that. And Solomon says, this is a fool. Doesn't listen to wisdom, isn't concerned about it, doesn't want to know it. Secondly, the fool is obstinate and angry. He's obstinate and angry. He or she is an obstinate person. They are stubborn. You need to feed them a bale of hay because they're not going to move off of their opinion no matter what. Doesn't matter what truth is, they're always right. In fact, look, look what Proverbs says. A fool's lips bring strife. His mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are the snare of his soul. He's always angry. He's a person that's mad at everybody, everything. That's the person you read about on Facebook, the first person on Instagram. The, 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 you see, nowadays it's not so much what we speak, but I think it's what we type or what we text. And, and that's the fool. He reveals everything in his mind by speaking, or I would say writing today, what's there, and it's his ruin. His lips are snared, just angry, always mad. That's the person you say, you don't want to be around them. That's the person you say, you don't want to set them off. You remember there was a family, their dad's nickname for them was Old Faithful. They were asked why, and they said, because he always spouts off about something. Always blowing his top. What a tragedy. What a tragedy to be known that way. Old faithful. So the fool is the obstinate, angry person, always looking for a fight, maybe physically, more than likely, verbally. They're going to write. They're oppositional in their personality types that you could say that that wall is white and they're going to say, no, it's off-white. You know a person like that? Always, always, always contentious. Always, always correcting. Always, always right. Scriptures go on in Proverbs 29, 11, A fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. Don't you wish when a person lost their temper they couldn't find it after that? <laughs> we're we're going to do a whole message on anger. I mean, to me, anger is one of the things that's most explosive in our society in our culture. You pick up the newspaper, you go online, and you read about terrorists, you read about killers, you read about rapists, you read about, and it's just a tragedy to see what happens out there. We live in a mad, 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 mad world. And you know, it's easy to talk about those people, but let's personalize it for a second. Anybody here obstinate? Stubborn? Anybody want to raise their hand? I'm a little obstinate at times. Beth said, I'm easy to get along with as long as I get my way. <laughs> That's true. It's true. What about angry? I, I raise my hand for options. I'm not going to do it for angry, but some of you guys, you say, man, Gary, I'm angry. I'm just mad. Life has dealt me some blows, and, or maybe you, you had some things happen in your life that's made you an angry person. And he says, if you go down that pathway, you're a fool. If you live that way, you're a fool. If you don't allow that to come under the, the gospel proposition of forgiveness in Christ, you're a fool. Probably it's hardest at home, right? I mean, the people that we get most upset with are where? At home, no doubt. It's a story of a couple, they were uh, giving one another the silent treatment. You know what that is? You know what that is? How many of you are guilty of doing that when you get upset? Yeah, there we go, a few of you. The rest of you are too quiet to do it right now. 
So they didn't want to, they, they, they were given one of the silent treatment. The, the man had, uh, his wife had gone to sleep. She went to bed early. She rose early. And he realized the next day he had a business trip and he needed to get up at 5 a.m. to catch an early morning business flight. He didn't want to break the silence. He certainly wasn't going to wake her up. So he just, uh, he wasn't going to lose this game. So he wrote on a piece of paper, please wake me up at 5 a.m. And he put it on the nightstand on her side of the bed. Next morning, he woke up at 8 a.m. He realized he had missed the flight. He was angry. He was furious. He's gone downstairs to give her a piece of his mind when he looked on his nightstand. And there was a piece of paper. It said, it's 5 o'clock. Wake up. <laughs> stubborn. You're talking stubborn. That's stubborn right there. And some of us are that person, right? We are so stubborn and obstinate at times. We're going to do it our way no matter what. Angry, mad, ready to fight all the time. The fool hates knowledge, despises wisdom. The fool is obstinate and angry. The fool is arrogant. The fool is arrogant. In Proverbs 12, 15, it says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is the one who listens to counsel. This is the guy who's always right. You know that guy? That doesn't matter what the answer is, he's going to get it. He's going to be right no matter what. There are two ways to do things, his way and the wrong way. I mean, whatever he says is the way to do it and the way he wants it done and the way he lives his life, everybody else is wrong and he's right no matter what. That's the fool, he says. The fool is right in his own eyes. Derek Kidner, commenting in his commentary on Proverbs in this verse, he says, this is the man who is never wrong. Bruce Walkie in his commentary in Proverbs says, this is the know-it-all individual who does things his way and listens to no one. He's going to do it his way and listen to nobody. He's the guy who will never read the instruction manual. Ooh. Why do you think they put those things in there? There's a sign on a carpenter, not a carpenter, there was a sign on a plumber's truck. It says, we fix things that your husband broke trying to fix. Um, I thank God for YouTube, right? I mean, you can go there and learn how to, how to fix anything. But here's the reality. You look at this and you realize, man, the fool is arrogant. Always right. Always trumpeting his stuff. The, the fool is the person who is the know-it-all, the person who is always talking about boasting about their accomplishments and their achievements. Honestly, most of the time it's done because of their great insecurity. And he says, that's the fool. The fool's the one who is arrogant. Scriptures talk a lot about pride and arrogance. Scriptures say pride comes before the what? Before the fall. Twice in Proverbs, we're going to see a little later, it talks about things that God hates or seven things God hates twice. Twice he talks about this, pride and arrogance. God hates the prideful. He gives grace to the humble. And, uh, you know, we, I, I, I used a slide a couple of years back. It's cat theology versus dog theology. It has to do with pride. So here's cat theology. Cat theology says, you feed me, you care for me, you give me shelter, provide for my needs. I must be wonderful. That's the way a cat thinks. That's why I don't have cats. Here's how a dog thinks. You feed me, you care for me, you give me shelter, provide for my needs. You must be wonderful. So what's the difference? There's the cat, I must be wonderful. There's the dog, you must be wonderful. 
See, this is the prideful person. This is the person who always right, look at who I am, boasting, beating their chest. This is the one who realizes what a great God we have to serve. He's provided for me all these things and given to me all these gifts. How can I not worship him? So the first consequence is pride. First consequence is uh, they bring harm to others. We, we saw the character of the fool. He hates knowledge, despises wisdom, obstinate, angry, and arrogant. So what are some of the consequences? We're going to look at two consequences that Solomon talks about and two that Jesus talks about. Twice Jesus calls people fools in the Gospels. Well, the first consequence of being a fool is you bring harm to others. Look at what it says in Proverbs. He who wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer. He who walks with wise men will be wise. The companion of fools will suffer harm. Bev and I were watching one of these shows this week. I can't remember, Dateline, 48 Hours, one of these shows, and it it was a a guy who was a fool. He he was set up to murder somebody that he had not even met, and it had to do with a girlfriend and all this stuff. And the guy goes out and murders a guy he had never met before. And, And it was just, he was so foolish in the things that he did. And it says that the companion of fools are going to suffer harm. And this doesn't say we're not supposed to associate with the unbeliever. Don't miss that. Jesus was a friend of sinners. That's not what that's saying here. But, but it's saying if you spend all your time with fools, you end up suffering harm. Some of us would say, let me tell you about the fool that I was in high school. I hang out with a bunch of dudes or a bunch of gals that we did some stupid stuff. Stupid stuff. And uh, I played the fool. I remember there's a, there's a bridge that goes over a bayou at the end of the road in Lafitte, Louisiana. And a bunch of my buddies, we were going to go out there and we were going to go swimming in one of my friend's pools, actually. And as we got out there, one of the guys said, I bet you won't jump off that bridge. Another guy said, I will. Another guy said, I bet you won't. And there were six of us out there. I was a fool. I mean, this was stupid. This bridge was about 40 feet off the ground. It, 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 it arched. We climbed up on top of it. I look at that. I'd have killed my kids if they would have done that. <laughs> and why did I do that? Why did they do that? We were all in the companions of fools that day. Just stupid stuff. And you end up doing stuff that you would never do on your own when you hang out with fools all the time. Parents tell it to their kids all the time. I mean, be careful who you hang out with. Be careful who your friends are. Be careful where you work. And the scriptures are pretty clear. The companion of fools will suffer harm. Be careful where you go and who you're with. Proverbs 13, 20, I'm sorry, the second consequence of being fools, they bring grief to their parents. We looked at all of these last week on Mother's Day. It says, a wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish son is a grief to his mama. But he who sires a fool does so to his sorrow, and the father of a fool has no joy. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to him who bore her. If you look at the second half of verse 1, it says he's a grief to his mama. First half of verse 25, a grief to his father. A fool is one who wreaks havoc on his family. Fool is one who's always mad at their parents, always angry at them. Mom can't, mom and dad, do they're wrong all the time, no matter what, and Let me just pause for a second. In a group the size of TBC, there are probably a few fools out there right now. People who are living their life grieving moms and dads. They may be adults right now. 
Maybe you're an adult and you're living a life that you know is a grief to your parents. Maybe a young person out there. The scriptures say if that's the case, you're a fool. And today can be a day of great transformation for you. See, this has to do with the gospel because let me let you in on a secret. Before you came to know Christ, before I came to know Christ, before any of us came to know Christ, we were fools. The only thing that kept us from continuing to be a fool was the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Transformed our hearts and were different. Otherwise, I'm just giving you guys a bunch of moral lessons up here. So here's the reality. You can trust Christ as your Savior and no longer be the fool. Last hour, I had a gentleman come up and say, Pastor Gary, I'm tired of playing the fool. I'm tired of being the fool. Would you pray over me? A fool brings grief to his mom and dad. A fool lives a life that harms others. Then Jesus himself talks about a fool. Matthew chapter 7, turn with me there in your Bibles. There are two places where Jesus uses the word fool. The first is Sermon on the Mount. It has to do with the song that we just sang on Christ is solid, rock I stand. And what Jesus teaches in the end of the Sermon on the Mount is the one who builds his life on a faulty foundation will not enter the kingdom of God. And this is the longest sermon we have by Jesus. It begins in Matthew chapter five, goes all the way through Matthew chapter seven. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And as Jesus is speaking, he's coming to the conclusion. I mean, he's winding up. He's coming to the very end. And when he comes to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he, he, he does some contrasting. He says, there are two pathways to the kingdom of God. One's entering the narrow gate, one through the wide gate. And you've got a choice to make. And then he talks about two trees, one that bears a good tree that bears good fruit and a bare tree that does not bear fruit at all. And then he talks about two claims. It's the one who says, Lord, Lord, we did all these things in your name. And he says, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I know you're not. And then it's the two builders, and that's the one we're going to focus on, because he talks about somebody being a fool. Look at verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. This is Matthew 7, 24. And the rain descended, and the flood came, and the winds blew and burst against the house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded upon the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them and will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and burst against that house. It fell, and great was that fall. Both heard the word of God, both responded by the word of God, but one built his house upon a true foundation, the other on a faulty foundation. What Jesus is doing in the Sermon on the Mount, he's turning to the religious leader and he said, you're depending upon your religion and you can't do that. You're depending on your religion to enter the kingdom of God by keeping the law, but you can't do that. He says, I come to offer you true life. I, I, I come to offer you, you can build up on the rock and the rock is Jesus. Peter, who do you say that I am? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Do you remember he, he tells him, Peter, you, you're the rock. Peter, actually your confession is the rock. Upon your confession, upon this rock, I will build my church. The rock is a confession of who Jesus is. And Jesus says, the wise man built his house upon a rock, but the foolish man built his house upon the sand. If you build your house, I grew up in South Louisiana. One summer I had a job surveying. I was the guy, they call it the idiot stick. So you, you hold the stick over here while the real surveyor does the work. And we had to go, there was a Howard Johnson Hotel. So you remember Howard Johnson franchise and it was sinking. 
And so every week on Friday afternoon, the whole summer that I worked there, the last thing we did on Friday afternoon was go to Veterans Highway in New Orleans and we had to shoot levels on that building. And, and that building was sinking about a half an inch a year. Think about that, a half an inch a year. So eventually it began, the foundation began to crumble and they tore it down. It's because they didn't build it on the right foundation. It was sinking, and that's what Jesus is saying. You built up on the wrong foundation, and you're not going to enter the kingdom of God. The faulty foundation is a sand of religion, is what he's saying. We've built up on the rock, that's me, then you'll enter the kingdom. You come through the narrow gate. You're the good tree bearing good fruit. You're the one who does things from a transformed heart. And that's what we're talking about here, transformed heart that honors God with our lives so we're not foolish. And then secondly, Jesus talks about a fool in Luke chapter 12. He talks about a guy who has a full barn but an empty heart. Talks about a guy who has a full barn but an empty heart. Jesus is preaching. Some guy interrupts him. I mean, it'd be like if somebody ran up here right now and said, Gary, uh, tell my brother to quit hoarding the inheritance and divide it up with us. That's what happens. Jesus is preaching. There's a crowd gathered there. And in verse 13 of Luke chapter 12, someone in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. Totally out of context. I mean, he wants to get his snout in the trough is what he's trying to do. And Jesus says, man, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, that's everybody, not just to him, beware and be on guard against every form of grief. And not even when one has an abundance does a life consist of possessions. He says, the problem is this guy thinks having stuff is the answer to everything. And he told them a parable. He said, the, the land of a certain rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no place to store all these crops? He said, and notice the word I and my in verse 18. This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and I will build larger ones. And there I will stir all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Cancun, here we come. I mean, he's all fired up, right? He's got this huge crop. And so he builds this bigger barn. The problem is he has all this stuff But there's one thing missing in his equation, God. He's a fool. So Jesus continues the parable. God said to him, fool, when God calls you a fool, you need to listen. Fool, this very night your soul is required of you. You've got all this stuff, but guess what? Tonight, you die. You die built this great empire, getting ready to finally enjoy it. Years of retirement. Said, you fool, tonight you die. And Jesus says, as he concludes this in verse 21, this is what happens to the man who treasures up for himself, lays up for himself, and is not rich towards God. His dependence is upon his stuff rather than a savior. He doesn't have a transformed heart. This isn't a condemnation about wealth, but it's a warning against trusting in stuff rather than accepting Christ as a savior. When I look at all this, what I want to say is, don't be fooled into being somebody else's fool. 
Don't be a fool. Charles Templeton, interesting man, born in uh, 1915, professed faith in Christ in 1936, actually toured with Billy Graham as an evangelist through Europe one summer, began to pastor a church, decided he needed more education, so he went to Princeton Theological Seminary, which is one of the most liberal seminaries in America. He went there to strengthen his faith, but he actually lost his faith. If you read Templeton's story, he went from being an evangelical evangelist with Billy Graham to becoming an agnostic. A means not. Gnostic is the word to know, so he didn't believe you can, there's a God that you can know. Atheist, ah. Theist, theos, God. Atheist believes there is no God. Agnostic believes you can't know God. There's a God, but you can't know him. He went from being an evangelical evangelist with Billy Graham to denying that you can know God. What a tragedy. What a foolish thing to do. What a fool. Lee Strobel has written a series of books called The Case For, The Case For, The Case For. One of them is The Case For Christ. Excellent book if you haven't read it. He heard Templeton's story. And to surprise, Templeton granted an interview with Lee Strobel. And in his book, The Case for Christ, or Case for Faith, I'm sorry, Strobel says, as I was interviewing him, he was telling me about why he turned away from following God. I looked at him and asked the question, what do you think about Jesus? And he paused. And let me read to you what Strobel writes. He says, tears begin to flood his eyes. He turned his head and he looked downward. He raised his left hand to shield his face from me. His shoulders began to bob as he wept. He fought to compose himself. I could tell it wasn't like him to lose control in front of a stranger. He sighed deeply, wiped away a tear. My question was, what do you think about Jesus? And through his sobs, all he could say was, I miss him. I miss him. I miss him. Then there's a guy named Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott was a graduate of Wheaton College. Felt called to missions. And he and four of the men decided they would reach out to the Aka Indians in Ecuador. They made contact with them and they decided it was time to land a, their little plane and to meet with the Aka Indians and tell them about the good news of Jesus. And tragedy happened when they landed. They were met by the Indians who they thought would be friendly and they became martyrs for the gospel and lost their lives. The world looks at Charles Templeton who later became a journalist, owned several different uh, radio stations, became a a politician became very wealthy. Say, that's a successful man. And the world looks at Jim Elliott and says, what a fool. At age 29, giving up his life when he had a wife and kids to reach some group of Indians in the jungles of Ecuador. What a fool. Years before Elliot went to the mission field, he wrote these words in his diary. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep, his life, 
to gain what he cannot lose. That's eternal life. So I ask you, my friends, Templeton or Elliot? Which one was a fool? Don't be fooled into being a fool. Father, we thank you. Thank you for a word written thousands of years ago by Solomon that points out to us how we don't want to be a fool. One who rejects and despises wisdom and knowledge, lives an obstinate, angry life, arrogant, insecure, harms others, it's a grief to parents, builds on a faulty foundation, has a lot of stuff but an empty heart. If you're here today and you're not sure Christ is your Savior. Or you may say, Gary, I'm that fool right now. I'm not trusting him. I don't know him. There can be a transformation in your life today that changes you forever. And you'll never be a fool. You just have to ask him, God, I'm a fool. I don't want to be that person. I ask you for forgiveness. I ask you to be my Savior, Lord Jesus. And some of you know the Savior, but you're making foolish decisions right now. Making foolish decisions. And I pray this morning you'll come to the foot of the cross, right where you sit, and just say, God, I'm tired. I'm tired of playing these games. I'm tired of living foolishly. I'm tired of being obstinate and angry. I'm tired of bringing grief to my wife or my husband. I know Christ, but I'm living foolishly. Would you confess to him and then to them afterwards? And then be doers of the word, not merely hearers. Who walk with the Savior and honor the Savior each and every day. Father, help us not to be anyone's fool. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.